Welcome to another episode of Demolition Now, the official podcast of the National Demolition Association. Our goal with this podcast is to provide you with a mixture of content and analysis of the issues impacting the demolition industry, along with engaging interviews of industry leaders, experts, and analysts that will provide unique perspectives on the industry today. If you have suggestions for topics for future episodes, please email them to me at kmckenney at demolitionassociation.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Demolition Now through iTunes or Stitcher, available in the Google Play Store. You can also listen to us online through the NDA website. On this episode, NDA Executive Director Jeff Lambert speaks to Adam Redling, Editor of Construction and Demolition Recycling, about the recent results of surveys conducted by NDA in construction and demolition recycling. The purpose of these surveys were to help quantify the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on the demolition industry. Next, Jeff speaks with Stefan Moss, who leads the National Demolition and Heavy Construction Practice at Gallagher. They discuss steps that NDA members can take to help minimize their business risk and changes in the insurance industry as a result of COVID-19. Finally, Kevin McKenney, NDA Director of Government Affairs, has a conversation with NDA Treasurer Ben Hayden of Hayden Racking. Stay with us. In late February, when the COVID pandemic really began to present itself and work stoppages started to occur, we began to hear from many members in the industry reaching out to NDA office asking, what effects are you seeing from members right now? The question was a good one, and one that we only had anecdotal answers to. First week of March, we noticed that Construction and Demolition Recycling Magazine was sending out a, a member survey, and we had also begun work on our own member survey. Our re survey results just finished last Friday, and CND Recycling Magazine just published the results of their survey. We wanted to invite Adam Redling, the editor for Construction and Demolition Recycling Magazine, to our podcast to discuss those results, as well as the results of the NDA member survey. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. It's great to be talking with you. Absolutely. So, I mean, these are uncertain times. Um, things are shifting daily, um, sometimes hourly. And, um, you know, we, we are getting, as I mentioned, a lot of questions from, from our members in terms of what are you seeing? And, and uh, you know, I was looking through some of these results and, um, you know, obviously it is taking an effect on the industry. Um, and, uh, you know, many members have had jobs postponed, pushed back. Um, some have had jobs canceled. Um, some have furloughed some have laid off workers, um, some are maintaining operations, and there are a few folks that I've spoken to that have actually had job opportunities increase. Um, so sort of given all the different stories that we were hearing, it was definitely necessary to put together this survey. And, um, you know, you guys did a very thorough survey, um, and I just wanted to chat with you about the results of that. How many uh, folks responded back to your survey in total? So we had, um, collectively, we, uh, we had over uh, 
hundred people respond. And um, you know, so it, with these, you never really know how, what kind of response you're going to get from the industry, but um, it was a substantial amount of people that were, um, you know, they were interested in um, not only the, the survey for construction, demolition, recycling, um, but we also sent out similar surveys to our two sister publications, Waste Today magazine, which I'm also the editor of, and, um, and that, that magazine coincidentally focuses more on the waste management and commercial and residential uh, recycling side of that side of the industry. And then uh, Recycling Today is more on the paper, plastics, ferrous and non-ferrous recycling. So um, combined between Construction Demolition Recycling Magazine and then Waste Today, um, and recycling today, we have a, I feel like we got a pretty comprehensive view of not only how the virus has impacted the recycling world in general, but um, more specifically, um, how it has impacted those dealing with construction and demolition uh, materials and, and the, you know, the impacts of, impacts of that. So, um, yeah, hundreds of people responded and it was, you know, it was good to get that kind of feedback because you never really know when you're, you know, when you're, when you're asking for feedback from, um, you know, readers, sometimes it gets more of a response than others, but people were um, really forthright in coming out and, um, and talking about what's going on with them and their businesses. So that was, that was great to see from our perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and similarly, we, we sent out our survey, 10 questions. Uh, we had 117 responses, which is roughly about a quarter of our membership. Um, and, you know, it was a huge response rate for us. Um, you know, I was definitely interested in getting you on here for the podcast because, you know, your depth and reach within um, the industry, not just in terms of demolition, but also on the recycling and waste side. So I'm glad you, uh, you mentioned that because I think that'll pro provide a little bit more um, contextual information here as we go forward. Um, but, you know, I, I was interested, um, you know, from your perspective, what did the results tell you about the pipeline of work and the effects of, of COVID on the industry? Yeah, so um, just a quick background. So, uh, you know, the reason why we came out with the surveys, the same reason that, you know, NDA came out, came out with theirs, um, it, it was just unavoidable. Um, we were at you know, me and fellow editors and, and publishers of our magazine were at Con Expo and um, in the middle of March. And just that was when things really started to take off. Um, and it was like one thing after the other um, in terms of businesses closing down and, um, you know, things just kind of uh, really progressing there. And we wanted to get our, uh, you know, kind of wrap our arms around where the industry was. So, um, you know, and asking about the pipeline of work, um, and how it's affecting recyclers. I think the biggest thing that our survey probably showed us is that um, is revolving around you know the volume of incoming materials and uh, recyclers are of course dependent on those materials to turn a profit and um, you know so the disruption has been significant from you know from what they shared with us. So um, for construction demolition recycling with our survey. Um, those businesses that handle C&D site-generated materials said, 39% uh, of them said that uh, they were seeing a severe impact on volume of incoming materials. 41% said there was a moderate impact. 9% said there was a minor impact. And 11% said there was no impact. Um, and then that kind of mirrored what uh, we saw from both 
uh, waste today and recycling today too for those businesses that handle um, specifically C and D site generated materials. So for waste today, 26% said there was a severe impact with volume, 37% uh, said it was a moderate impact, 23% minor impact, 14% no impact. And then uh, lastly for recycling today, um, those dealing with C and D site generated materials, 44% said there was a severe impact, 24% said the impact was moderate, um, 24% um, again said the um, incoming percentage, uh, or, I'm sorry, 24% said the, um, you know, the change was minor and then 9% said there was no impact. So, uh, you know, stepping back, people are really, we're, we're really saying that, um, you know, things were trending more towards the uh, severe um, or I guess at best case, moderate impacts from volumes. And when that's how you're making your money, um, I think that's that's definitely profound. And, um, you know, the good news is that recyclers were saying that the end markets uh, that they were dealing with and, and sending the materials to were still viable. Um, so the materials that, they, that were coming in, that are coming in, uh, a lot of recyclers are saying they're not having a big issue in, in offloading those, but it's just, you know, dealing with the, um, you know, getting materials in in the first place is, is one of the, you know, um, the main issues, I suppose. Right, right. And I, I think, you know, um, in, in comparing your survey and survey results to what we received, we asked a, a little bit of a different question. We asked our, our companies, how, how is their backlog being affected by COVID-19? Uh, we asked, you know, multiple choice, not at all, one to three months um, suspended or canceled four to six months on hold, suspended or canceled, and then all projects have been suspended or canceled. 29% um, of, of respondents said not affected at all. 55% uh, one to three months backlog on hold, canceled or suspended. Uh, and anecdotally, most of the people I'm talking to, um, those projects by and large seem to be suspended or or time frame has been pushed back on their backlogs so i think that that's that's really interesting um to hear in terms of your results um you know a third of our respondents not affected at all um and i know just from speaking with some people uh around the country a lot of them are working on essential services projects um right now that still continue although and we'll talk about this in a little bit, they've reduced the size of their crews um, to 10 or less on those particular projects. So if you think of the power plants, the coal plants, those projects are still going forward. Um, so, you know, um, I guess that bleeds into the next question, which is on work stoppage. What, uh, what have you seen or what did you see in regards to work stoppage in your, your survey? So, uh, you know, being an essential business for, you know, most places around the country, uh, it wasn't the, the largest impact. Only 31% of respondents for both the construction demolition recycling survey and waste today survey, survey and 41% for the recycling today survey said that they had one or, one or more of their facilities closed, whether it was for um, you know, state regulations or whether if they you know, voluntarily closed a facility themselves. So 
most facilities are still up and running. Um, just, you know, kind of circling back, I guess it's not to the volume question. Uh, mm -hmm. While people are operational, uh, I think the thing that's front and center for these businesses, and this was something that I um, that I picked up on in a conference call um, that I, you know, the, that I talked to with um, people from the Construction and Demolition Recycling Association. They said that, um, you know, they kind of brought up that uh, C&D recycling is a relatively low margin business. So when the volumes are down, um, you know, that's, you know, that that's kind of challenging everybody. So, um, you know, even they, though you're saying a third of businesses um, in the demolition space are still, you know, kind of businesses, um, business as usual, I, I think just small, perhaps small changes are, um, you know, really uh, making a big difference on the recycling side of things. Right. And, and you know, we're, and again, I'll talk about this in a little bit. I mean, the, the, the crew sizes have been reduced. So I would imagine the volume is therefore reduced um, even on those projects that continue. Uh, our survey results, again, mirrored the last question, 29%, um, no work stoppage um, with reduced crews. 29%, uh, you know, one to three projects have stopped uh, and 22% four to six, which sort of mirrors the 55% on their pipeline. Um, you know, speaking of crews and workforces, uh, what what uh, what results did you get from your survey concerning layoffs in the industry, hiring increases, um, you know, furloughs, et cetera? Yeah. So this was this was one of the most um, you know the one of the biggest takeaways. Um, you know, in addition to the volume uh, situation, is the number of companies that have had to you know, layoff workers. And, um, you know, maybe it's not shocking uh, from what you see in just, you know, industry in general, but um, definitely the recycling industry and the waste industries um, have, have been hit with, you know, significant layoffs. So um, for the construction demolition recycling survey, 32% of businesses said the layoffs have already occurred. Or, and then another 21% said that they're be, being considered um, so, you know, more than half of the companies are saying that either, you know, they've had to lay someone off or that it might be in the works. Um, you juxtapose that with only 2% in the survey said that they were adding staff, um, you know, and then that leaves 45% that, you know, they're not, uh, they'd say that they're not anticipating any changes. But, um, you know, I, I think everyone's very much in a holding pattern is the best thing that you could you know, you could say for, um, you know, some of these companies that, uh, you know, that they're, they're hanging on to their employees, perhaps, but they're, you know, they're, they're certainly not, um, you know, they're still, certainly not growing their, their staff. That's very clear. Yeah, I think holding pattern is the appropriate term. Um, many folks, you know, and, and again, I'll talk about this here in a second, but in our survey, you know, 60, close to 67% um, are working remote right now and they're sending maybe three, four or five people um, out to a job site, not necessarily um, as, a, as a work crew, but to evaluate or help shut down a current project that's been suspended. Um, you know, similarly in, in our survey, we're, we see 48% uh, with a no change in, in labor. 
So no hiring freezes, no layoffs, no furloughs. Um, but again, that goes back to your holding pattern uh, comment. You know, I think a lot of our companies are, are just that wait and see right now. 24% uh, said they are laid off employees and 35% uh, have instituted hiring freezes. Um, but uh, you know, the next thing I wanted to talk about is uh, capital investments and purchases. Um, what did your survey results tell you about um, capital investments and purchases um, for, for your respondents? Yeah, so uh, people people are not rushing you know, rushing out to to spend money by you know by any stretch. Um, the respondents for uh, construction, demolition, recycling, sixty six percent of them uh, said that they've had to put one of one or more purchases on hold. Um, Thirty one percent say there's been no change in their capital investments, and three percent said that they're uh, you know, intending to increase their investments right now. And that was pretty similar to you know, the responses we got for Waste Today and Recycling Today. And Waste Today, 55% of businesses said that they were putting one or more purchases on hold compared to 44% that said that there was no change and 1% that said that they were going to increase investments. And then Recycling Today, 63% of businesses said they had to put one or more purchases on hold 31% said that there was no change and 6% said they were intending to increase their investment. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, is, do you know with your work within the association, how interconnected all these companies are from the contractors to the recyclers, all the way down to the vendors um, and to see that, you know, things might be paused for the time being in terms of investment. I think that's, uh, that's definitely something to take note of and it's, you know, and it's a concern. And I think, um, you know, it goes without saying that, that everyone's just kind of waiting and, um, you know, waiting for, you know, best case scenarios that you know, the economy can start, you know, kind of pick back up again and get some reassurances, um, you know, on the business side to, to start spending. And hopefully that, you know, on the optimistic side, um, you know, people are, you know, economists that I've heard have, have said that possibly by, you know, the latter part of the, the second quarter into the you know second half of the year, there might be, you know, some things starting to move a little bit on that front, but, but um, it's kind of just a, you know, wait and see game right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, you know, from NDA survey results, wait and see holding pattern, our biggest um, percentage in respondents, um, 51% indicated that they have not suspended purchases, but will evaluate as needed. 12% uh, have not suspended purchases at all with no plans to reevaluate. 36% have suspended purchases or for capital investments. So again, it kind of goes back to the holding pattern. Everybody right now is, is waiting to see how this is going to you know, unfold uh, right. once the economy gets started back up. Um, Regarding um, you know worksite safety and, and working remote, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, what were you able to glean from your results and what folks are doing, um, you know, in handling their workforce and their employees right now? Yeah, so you know, for my job and for a lot of people's jobs, it's it might be easy to you know work from home behind a laptop and 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 get what you need to get done, but um, you know, that's not the, that's not really the norm for, you know, 
I know people in in the demolition space or people in the in the recycling space. Um, so while you know we did hear people kind of their feedback that some back office personnel are able to work from home. You know the the personnel that are you know on the floor and working in the recycling facilities or out managing waste and recyclables. Um, you know that's definitely not you know it's just an impossible situation. You, there's only so much you can do. Um, but that being said, companies are trying to do what they can to help. Um, you know, when it comes to sorting materials, companies are trying to space people out on the, you know, on the sorting lines or, you know, erecting glass dividers, um, and, and places where people are you know, going to interact, try to cut down on you know, possible contamination. Um, you know, one of the main things people are, you know, companies are saying is they're really trying to enforce the use of PPE. Um, using automation is top of mind for people when, when possible to, you know, to um, you know, get away from people having to handle materials if at all possible. And then, you know, just kind of some basic stuff with trying to keep facilities clean and, and sanitize everything that is you know, possible to sanitize, but there's only so much you can do. There's only so many, you know, places you can, put workers and, and still operate. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we, you know, that we heard is that, um, you know, people working in these facilities, you know, it's hard to separate them in, in certain parts of the business, whether it's on a sorting line or, um, you know, in some of the common areas or break rooms. So I don't know if there's a perfect solution um, in terms of enforcing, enforcing safety. And, um, you know, that kind of trickles down to, those that are not only those that are working in facilities, but those that are, you know, driving in a truck and, and again, collecting materials, um, whether it's on the residential side, CD side, um, you know, if people have to, you know, share a cab with, you know, other, other workers, um, that's something that's top of mind for them. So, you know, in, in all phases of waste and recycling, um, people are doing the best they can with it, but there's only so much you can do. So, um, you know, I know there's some trepidation about, you know, among, com uh, among companies trying to do the best they can, but, um, you know, it's kind of, it kind of seems like an uphill battle, but, uh, you know, they're, they're trying their best, so. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it won't surprise you, um, certainly didn't surprise me, the results from NDA survey. Uh, almost all respondents responded back that they're practicing social distancing six feet or more um, and, and implementing daily two block stocks. Um, and, and as well, we have quite a few folks, I mentioned this earlier, that have reduced job site crews to 10 or fewer. Um, you know, when you, look at, when you look at the raw numbers from, from our survey, um, one thing that popped out at me um, is 80% have adopted um, an exposure prevention and uh, preparedness plan, response plan. Um, and NDA posted a exposure prevention and preparedness response plan on our COVID-19 resources page, um, which, you know, if, if any listeners out there have not checked out our COVID-19 resources page, it's under membership dropdown bar. Uh, we had in the last 28 days, uh, 1,200 visitors to our resources page. And to see that 80% have adopted 
an exposure prevention and preparedness plan, um, you know, I think speaks volumes to the, you know, the integrity and the safety that um, each of our member companies tries to practice. Um, and, yeah. and I was very glad to see that. And there is a, a template that folks can download on our website. But I think as you're saying, Adam, it, it's, it's shifting sands. Um, there's, there's no, you know, silver bullet. Um, there's no, you know, clear cut answer, but it's great to see um, the results that, that folks are implementing their daily safety toolbox talks, that they are practicing social distancing. Um, one result that I was surprised to see, and I think you mentioned this earlier, you know, demolition, construction, and recycling as well, it's not, um, you know, office work, um, but 67% of the respondents on our survey said that they had um, implemented remote work policies. Um, so, and, you know, I've spoken to members anecdotally that have gone out and, you know, like our, our president, uh, Chris Godek, he went out and, you know, all of his staff now have, have laptops and are all using Zoom. Um, so that was one thing that I was a little surprised to see that level um, within the industry, but, um, you know, it's, um, it certainly is changing times and you have to adapt. And if there's one thing that demolition professionals are good at, and recycling professionals are good at, it's adapting to change. Um, so while there is no magic bullet, silver bullet um, in this, as you said, um, folks are adapting and they're adapting quickly. Yeah, I, I never would have thought that I'd be this well-versed in, you know, online uh, online communication, whether it's Zoom <laughs> or whatever it is. It's like, I feel like I could, uh, could teach a class on it um, at this point a couple weeks in, but, um, you know, it, it has been nice to be able to, you know, stay engaged, um, you know, with, with, with workers, um, when, when, with coworkers when possible, but, um, you know, that's not the, not the case for everybody, but I'm glad to hear that, um, that that's kind of more the norm in the demolition space for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, um, Speaking of uh, results that sort of popped out at me, um, the working remote being one of those, was there anything in your survey that surprised you? You know what? Uh, I think the, you know, I'll take a cop-out answer. I, I think almost everything surprised me, just the sheer, really the sheer magnitude and, and uh, of the responses that we, that we got in terms of, um, you know, this is, uh, I'm 33 years old, and I think this is very clearly, you know, one of the most significant things that, um, you know, events of my lifetime, right up there, you know, possibly with the, you know, 9/11. But, um, and and I think the results just kind of bear that out that everybody's being affected by this, that it's a huge, you know, that's a huge deal um, for for everyone across the recycling industry. You know, we we do surveys fairly regularly um and you know a lot of times they'll they'll deal with you know economic impl implications and um you know how companies are doing we're always trying to trying to gauge that and even when you know there are times of you know economic down periods and, and slowdowns there are always some companies that are you know weathering the storm in in some respects and and doing better than others and 
whether it's, you know, because of geography, they're able to, you know, kind of overcome some obstacles or their ability to diversify their business. There's always, you know, there seems to be some, some bright spots, um, you know, inherent in, in a lot of the surveys that we've done. But uh, for this one in, in particular, it was, you know, again, just real, real magnitude of people being affected by this with volume, with layoffs, um, real critical, you know, business decisions, holding off on investments, you know, kind of top to bottom, it was, um, you know, it was pretty, pretty stark to see. I think the, if there's going to be a, you know, a, a silver lining um, that you might, you know, you might point to, it's, it's, um, you know, I'm certainly no economist, but um, again, the, some of the stuff that I've, I've, I've heard, it's, you know, people are at least somewhat hopeful that, you know, the second half of the, the year will, will, you know, allow us to perhaps break out of this and, and maybe, you know, recover a lot sooner than it, it might feel like right now when, um, you know, it kind of seems like the, the end of the world um, in some respects being, you know, kind of on lockdown, but, um, you know, so even though things are kind of uncertain and people are in a holding pattern, you know, you're at least keeping your fingers crossed that in, in the coming months, we can kind of break out of this and, and return to some sense of, of normalcy, even if it's not going to be exactly how, you know, business as usual, um, it, it, it will kind of regain our footing and, and um, you know, operators can start to get back to what they do. So that's, that's the hope at least. Yeah, and, and you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, there is an inherent sense of, of and since I, I started working um, with uh, demolition professionals, there was an inherent sense of optimism um, amongst our, our membership and I think amongst demolition professionals in general, you know, and, and it sort of makes sense because they're always thinking about, well, they're tasked with doing the impossible, right? Um, they're tasked with, um, well, there's, you know, there's that, that's um, coal plants over there. Um, and it's got, it has all of these dangerous things um, in and around asbestos remediation. You figure out how to take that down. And they're, they're always, I can do that. I'll figure it out. And there seems to be an inherent sense of optimism right now, like you were saying that, you know, three, four months down the road, um, which to me, one of the most surprising things about the survey results um, that I saw for NDA survey was 48% no change in labor and hiring increases. And again, talk about, you know, holding pattern, et cetera. But there is that inherent sense of optimism. And I, you know, anecdotally speaking with members, they're trying to figure out ways to make it work, you know, to adapt and improvise, overcome mentality. And um, I, I mean, it's just the utmost respect for them and, and um, you know, their sense of ingenuity in tackling some of these problems. And they've sort of, you know, pulled up, um, you know, put on their work, you know, their tool belt and said, okay, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. Um, and so that's the one thing that really jumped out at me is, you know, and again, anecdotally, folks are saying, well, you know, we know we have these projects. They'll be coming back online again. Um, you know, I'm looking at my crews. We're trying to figure out ways to redeploy them, keep them going. Um, so, you know, the hope is, of course, in, in, you know, in the next two weeks or so, we'll start to see that light at the end of the tunnel. And I know our, 
um, our members are certainly um, hoping um, and, and in that holding pattern. I think holding pattern is probably the best way to describe this right now. Um, but Adam, I was wondering, you know, if any of our members that are listening right now, if they have any questions or they, they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so the, the survey results for Construction Demolition Recycler and Waste Today are, are up online right now. Um, those that are interested can, can find those on cdrecycler.com and wastetodaymagazine.com respectively. Um, and if anybody has any questions about, you know, the responses or, you know, anything that we're doing, um, they can definitely get a hold of me uh, via email at aredling, that's A-R-E-D-L-I-N-G at G-I-E dot net. And I'd be you know, more than happy to talk to anybody that might be interested. Well, thank you. And similarly, anybody that's interested in NDA survey results, I'll be posting those under the COVID-19 resources page as well as the Construction and Demolition Recycling Magazine survey. I'll post a link to that as well. Um, and Adam, I really appreciate the time and always appreciate your um, thoughtful um, take on the industry and your partnership with the industry and with MDA. Thank you for your time today. Absolutely. It was great talking with you, Jeff. Look forward to doing it again. Stay safe. All right. Bye now. Bye. Today's podcast is sponsored by Gallagher. We encourage you to talk to the demolition construction experts at Gallagher to see if an alternative risk solution can help you save on insurance costs by exploring options such as non-traditional program structures, captive risk solutions, guaranteed cost or large deductible program. Partnering with Gallagher on your demolition and environmental risks can help minimize costs and keep your projects on track so trust the team that represents some of the top demolition and abatement contractors on the ENR 600 list. For more information on Gallagher, visit a-j-g.com. Since the first week of March, NDA staff has received multiple contacts from members asking questions about risk assessment and risk management in particular as job sites have been shutting down in different regions of the country. Members' questions ranged from what are my contractual obligations, how am I covered, where do I look? As a result, we asked Stefan Moss with um, Demolition and Heavy Construction Practice at Gallagher, one of NDA's premier members, to come on to the podcast and answer a few questions. Uh, Stefan is the Area Vice President based out of Washington, D.C., and he heads up the National Demolition and Heavy Construction Practice at Gallagher. He's overall responsible for the design and de development, placement and management of complex, complex risk management programs for the firm's clientele. He has extensive experience performing detailed risk management audits, conducting over 100 plus in which he analyzes operations, contractual requirements, and financials in order to ensure all exposures are properly identified, mitigated, and covered. Gallagher, the NDA member, is a global leader in insurance, risk management, and consulting services, helping clients face challenges and providing effective solutions. For over 90 years, Gallagher has provided niche-focused expertise and tailor-made insurance surety bond solutions for the clientele. As the largest niche practice group at Gallagher, Gallagher Construction Services serves more than 5,000 
construction clients nationwide. So Stefan, thank you very much uh, for joining us today on the podcast to answer some of our questions. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, glad you could join us. I'm just going to dive right into the, the summary questions of what our members have been um, asking us. Um, so I sent you a list of about five questions. Again, over the first couple of weeks of March, we were getting um, multiple questions on these topics. So the first question is, what are you seeing and how are people being impacted uh, by the pandemic? Great, thanks. Um, well, thankfully, as an industry, demolition contractors and really construction as a whole has been deemed essential business within most jurisdictions. So for the most part, in conversation with our demo clients across the country, uh, majority are still working in some capacity. Uh, there have certainly been some closures. Um, those located in New York and Michigan in particular are hurting as a result of numerous closures in those jurisdictions. Um, there's been some impact on labor and production for sure. Um, mainly this is driven by workers who don't want to be exposed or more importantly, don't want to expose their families to COVID, um, which is, this is certainly understandable. And, and for the most part, what we're hearing is employers, um, the contractors uh, are working with them, keeping their spots available for when they return. But obviously from an efficiency perspective, this, this is hurting from a labor um, ability to, uh, to go out and complete the jobs. Um, contractors are really implementing social distancing measures. And while it's difficult, especially on interior demo projects to not get quote, too close to people, um, employees are wearing PPE and office staffs are either rotating in and out or working from home is, is, is the normal hearing. Um, probably the most significant uh, way the majority are being affected outside of just the, the jobs being shut down is, is really delays in the beginning of projects that's on the backlog due to uncertainty caused by COVID. Um, but with that said, oddly enough, we're hearing from some of our contractors, they have more work on their backlog than they've ever had. So uh, I guess it's the, the new norm for everybody is just to roll with the punches and we'll continue to monitor and update as it comes through. You know, it's interesting you say that actually, because we just did a member survey and I think the biggest takeaway from me, from me and uh, for, for staffs who are looking through is basically there seems to be a holding pattern right now. And mm -hmm. indeed, we've heard from some people that their jobs have increased, um, you know, whether it's right. um, remediation, mitigation work that they're doing, um, decontamination work. Um, but by and large, it's like a giant pause button has been, has been pushed. A lot of our contractors are trying to maintain, um, you know, they're minimizing staff. Um, layoffs have been um, somewhat minimal, um, although that impact has definitely been felt, especially in some of the larger urban areas um, like you state. But, um, you know, that brings up my next question, which is um, once those, those jobs have been shut down, um, what claims are you seeing coming in right now that are, you know, impacting the industry? Yeah, for the standpoint of, of, of claim scenarios, uh, with the lack of work or, or closures that are coming out, the main area in which uh, contractors are looking to seek some kind of relief from an insurance perspective is, on, is, is within business income, and that specifically is on the property-based coverage that they uh, would purchase on, if, they, if they purchase that coverage under their normal insurance. Um, we're, we're advising all of our clients to track 
all expenses or potential lost revenue as a result of COVID-19. Um, our general guidance to folks is uh, don't overthink it, um, whether or not the claim may or may not be covered. It's okay to file a claim, and uh, if it ends up not being covered, it's worth at least putting it in there. But really, uh, from our perspective, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on the insurance market to respond generous, generously on, on these. Um, but there's also a tremendous amount of pressure from the courts to you know, adjudicate these claims. We already know of a number that have been filed in federal court. Uh, for business income claims resultant to the property policy and for legislators to legislate on this too. So it's, it's, it's up in the air. So it's worth at least having the conversation uh, and tracking the expenses for a future claim. Now, I know a lot of people would say uh, based on the business income form on the property side, there needs to be a covered cause of loss, such as a fire or flood. But again, uh, we believe that it should at least be tracked at this moment for potential claims that, uh, that may arise. And, and, and be adjudicated in court. Separate from that, uh, outside of business income, where that's the preponderance of, of calls and, and, and conversations we're having with clients, is also uh, workers' compensation claims for COVID being filed. And the general guidance is that COVID would likely be a covered uh, a work comp claim as an occupational disease that's, uh, as a result of working. Uh, but we see there's going to be a tremendous amount of challenge for those filing these work comp claims to, to really prove that COVID was indeed um, contracted in the course of employment at a job site. So it's going to be tough to say that they got it while working uh, then instead of at a, a supermarket, what have you outside of that. Gotcha. So what should contractors look at in their current coverage to ensure they're protected? Yeah, I, again, I, I would, I would encourage everybody to, if you have a property policy with a business income provision of it or a portion of, of coverage, uh, take a look at it. Again, um, it's going to be tough from a standpoint of the way they're written to really um, look for coverage. But again, we believe this is going to be adjudicated in court anyway. So again, I go back to our general guidance, which is to track everything um, and file a claim because the worst they're going to do is tell you now um, at this point, I think, uh, separate of just business income, you know, it's not necessarily a, uh, a, a insurance product, but really I would encourage everybody to really look at their contracts that they're having, especially for upcoming work. We are seeing or starting to see some um, pretty restrictive languaging that's scary, especially for uh, municipal projects. Uh, something to effect of, uh, we agree in the contract that construction is deemed essential by the jurisdiction and that force majeure doesn't apply. So contractor is responsible for the completion of the project during those timelines uh, or results in penalties. And to us, uh, you know, again, we're not attorneys. We, we reference you know, and tell everybody to go and, and seek their counsel on that. But that's scary wording right there from a standpoint of contractors potentially be responsible for liquidated damages. Cause while in some jurisdictions, they may be deemed essential and still working uh, as um, New York in particular has shown us that can, that can change on a dime. So that's a, that's an important thing to look for. And then the last thing is communicable disease policies are coming out. Zurich in particular is putting one together. Um, we'll have to review how those really are going to work moving forward because they're not going to, come and apply in the middle of a pandemic, but that's, this is going to be a new consideration of risk for people moving forward. 
Right. Um, so what what's the current state of the insurance market? I mean, it's, and everything's kind of up in the air and in flux right now, but how has COVID affected it? What are some of the strategies to, to, to mitigate the uh, impact? Right. So unfortunately, the insurance market was already in a state of hardening prior to COVID. Um, we've seen um, as a result of substantial claims, both on the catastrophic end um, and on the um, social inflation end with large jury awards, uh, the market was already hardening. COVID, of course, uh, has now compounded that issue with market uncertainty and, and delayed responses. So it's added some additional challenges. Um, I mean, what we're seeing countrywide is accounts with no losses, so in, in really good uh, standing, are still seeing increases on in the general liability of five to ten percent. Property somewhere in the world uh, neighborhood of five to fifteen percent. Auto has been a consistent poor performer for insurance companies, so that's five to fifteen percent. But I think the most significant one, uh, where the contractor members in the NDA are going to see an increase, is on the excess liability, where we're seeing ten percent and more uh, on a rate increase on that. Um, work workers' compensation is the only outlier of that. Fortunately, that's a, an actual reduction, zero to five percent, but. Uh, uh, it doesn't really make up for the increases on uh, the market as it stands. So what are we doing as a result? I mean, as a result of this, I encourage everybody to have these conversations well in advance. And, uh, you know, it's the old adage of bad news doesn't get better with time. So start strategizing on your renewals. Uh, with our clients, we're getting out with them, even the ones who are in the winter and already talking about this, what our options are, whether that's marketing, looking at increasing deductibles, loss-sensitive plans, or, or, or captive solutions. Um, captives in particular have been a major interest um, uh, as a result of the market trends. I mean, we're seeing upwards of two to three conversations of these a week now, uh, given the fluctuations. And then really the other thing to go along with COVID, especially with all the closures of, uh, uh, of sites, is uh, trying to protect your balance sheet and how we can help our clients with cash flow. So, I mean, there's a lot of strategies with that that we're working with our clients on, such as midterm audits, uh, marketing, finance options, et cetera, uh, to uh, help help them in this time of need. How is the insurance, insurance industry, uh, you know, as a whole, what are they doing to assist contractors right now? Yeah, so um, most most of the insurance carriers are being reasonable with payments, given the hardships occurring from COVID. Um, a lot of this is both their generosity that they're trying to help out in this term, but also uh, what's being dictated to them by uh, the different states. Um, their insurance commissioners there are posting out um, regulations on what they can and cannot do uh, in, in the time of COVID. Um, what we're seeing as an average is most are given 30 to 60 days um, to uh, clients, to contractors to pay their, their premiums and holding off any kind of cancellation. Um, it's kind of in between, depending on who the carrier is, there's a mix. Some are expecting the full payments to catch up on that um, after the 60 days are up. Others are spreading it out over the duration of the term. So if you're three months in, then, you know, over the next, you know, nine months, you would have, you know, and the funds for the last, you know, 30, 60 days would be applied to there. So it, it kind of runs a gamut from that standpoint. And, and this is pretty similar in the finance companies as well. So 
I would encourage each contractor to review the laws of your state, work with their insurance provider, and, and, and see what the state insurance department is, is uh, dictating on that as well. Excellent. Thank you. And, and one last question for you. Uh, if our members have any questions, uh, additional questions for you, how do, they, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, great. Appreciate that. So um, anybody can reach me at Stefan, that's S-T-E-F-A-N underscore Moss, M-O-S-S, at ajg.com. And they can also reach me by phone at 240-441-3700. Well, thank you, Stefan. I really appreciate your time today and really appreciate um, your membership with NDA. Um, and and assisting us here with, with some of these questions, um, you know I know we'll see you at one of our events here in the future. And take care. Have a great weekend. Absolutely, Jeff. Really appreciate it, and looking forward to uh, looking forward to all getting together when this thing is lifted. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. So this is Kevin McKenney. I'm here at Demolition Austin with Ben Hayden. Ben, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, Kevin. So uh, it's really great to have you on. You are uh, the treasurer of the National Demolition Association currently. Um, so we wanted to learn a little bit more about you and your background. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started uh, in the industry and maybe a little about your company as well? Yeah, absolutely. Sure thing. I appreciate it. Uh, so I grew up in the business. Uh, we're, our, our, our company's a uh, celebrating our 75th year anniversary this year, uh, originally started by our grandfather. Um, and now over the last 10 to 12 years, uh, it's been operated by myself and my two brothers, uh, which my primary responsibility is the operations side of the business. We primarily focus on uh, heavy industrial, heavy, heavy commercial demolition, as well as uh, concrete saw cutting and drilling. Well, that sounds great. So with that kind of work, um, kind of interested to learn a bit about what do you do to get ready for the day? You know, how do you personally um, approach, you know, the, the business that you're in, but from a, you know, kind of a day-to-day -day perspective and being productive, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's a good question because in our business and in our industry, I think specifically, everything's really fluid. There's changing changes that are happening every hour, every day, uh, sometimes down to the minute. Uh, the, the biggest, the biggest thing that I concentrate on is our overall schedule, um, of projects. So I'll, I'll typically, that's one of the first things I do. I, I, it's the, one of the last things I look at, at the end of the day. And one of the first things I look at the next morning and it's constant communication with our project managers and our field leaders and field supervisors to understand what's changing on that basis, um, on that, on that, on that basis. Nice. And then, um, for the, your employees and, and your crews out there, what are some of the things that, uh, helps to motivate them or, you know, the things that you do as an employer, um, you know, to help your guys out, not just from the um, employer side, but even the personal side, anything, you know, unique about that? Yeah, you know, primarily it's, it's, it's knowing them. It's, it's understanding, you know, who they are, um, what, what, what drives them to do a good job every day. Uh, we do that a couple of ways. Uh, you know, training's a big, big aspect. We are, we are constantly training our people and, and I'm, I do everything I can to get out and uh, on projects and, and talk to our folks as much as possible and, and just ask them questions, ask them, ask them what they need. Do they have everything they, they need for that project? You know, what do they need tomorrow? What do they need three days out? And what do they need two weeks out? Uh, just to have that open conversation and that open phone line, uh, I think what goes a long ways. 
And for somebody that's kind of starting out in the industry, someone a lot younger, um, who is kind of pursuing this as, as a career path, what advice would you give to them uh, as they're coming into the industry getting started? Yeah, do it from the ground up. Um, get out in the field, understanding, uh, understanding how demolition dismantling actually takes place, place from a means and method standpoint. Um, there's a lot of training that's out there. The NDA offers incredible training. But uh, at the end of the day, um, uh, a lot of the experience you gain from the field is, is what's going to help you long, long term. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. That's great advice. Um, in terms of, uh, I think the last question is just about, you know, how it's been as uh, the treasurer of NDA, but even just as an NDA member, you know, how has your time been uh, with, with both of those, both as a member and as a member of the executive committee? It, it's, it's been incredible. Every, every new responsibility that, that I've taken on, um, I've learned so much personally and learned so much that I've been able to bring back to our business. So as our current role in treasurer, um, you know, I've been able to learn what I've, take what I've learned here in this position and bring back ideas to my company. It's helped us grow and, and vice versa. You know, as we've, as we've grown and succeeded within our business, it's really fulfilling to come back and be able to share that knowledge with, with other colleagues and, and vendors and, and, and that process. That's awesome. Uh, well, that's all the questions I had. So Ben, thanks very much for uh, joining us and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks, Kevin. I'm really looking forward to it.